You are listening to a live broadcast from Faith Worship Center in Portia, Arkansas. Will you turn with me this morning to the book of Galatians, chapter number 5. Chapter 5, and I want to I read a couple of verses again. Let me say as you're getting there that we're honored to have you this morning. If you are here, if you are a visitor, first time being here, not just a visitor, but I don't want to overlook our, our home folk because we still have the best church family there is. Amen. Amen. Few of us believe that. But we want you to know this morning that we are honored. There's not another church that's more honored to have you than what we are. And we thank you so much for coming. I know some of you drove uh, quite a ways, and some of you, well, we all had to get up a little earlier. Uh, but we're glad that we're honored that you are here this morning. We trust that you've been blessed already. Uh, the song Sister Tiffany sang, Bless Me This Morning. Tell me a time that he's not been faithful. Amen. He's always been faithful. Amen. Amen. But we encourage you just to continue to get in and let the Lord touch your heart and your life this morning. Galatians chapter 5, and we'll look at verses 16 and 17, and then we're going to skip, and I know I'm cutting into it, but I want to stick with this, this conversation. I want to stick with the, what the Apostle Paul is saying, this subject. And so uh, I'm just being careful not to, to say anything that would pull our thought off of that. So verse 16 and 17, and then we'll skip down to verse number 24 and verse number 25. The Bible says, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. And verse number 24, and they who are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. In other words, if we have life in the spirit, then let us remain there and pattern our life today after the spirit. This morning, I want to talk about a subject that is something that we've all uh, dealt with, and, and not just dealt with, but that we're all dealing with. And I want to try to use an old Old Testament example to bring out, and I, I got to do a little teaching, and I hope that I can make it plain And uh, this morning, and I'm going to do a little bit of an illustration. Going to have a lot going on this morning, I guess, but I want to talk this morning about uh, um, this subject, the struggle between the flesh and the spirit. The struggle between the flesh and the spirit. Will you bow your head and help me pray that God would help us to teach, to preach this morning. Father, I love you this morning. I thank you, God, for the anointing, for the presence that we've already sensed, that we've already felt here today. I thank you, God, for the individual that gave their heart and their life to you. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're here, that one may be born again. And God, I'm thankful this morning that you've never turned anybody away. You've never interviewed anybody, but with open arms, you've always had the invitation that whosoever will, let them come. God, I pray that you would open our ears to hear, hearts to receive, and Lord, anoint me, God, to deliver your already anointed word. I'm asking you to do something I can't do, God, and that is to move upon the hearts of your people. And Lord, I pray that you would help me to be sensitive to the moving of the Spirit, the direction of the Spirit. And Lord, I'll be very careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody uh, said, Amen. A little teaching is necessary, and I know that Sometimes a little teaching is not what we want. You know, the majority of the church world today wants and desires, and I want it too at times, a, a message that will excite us, a message uh, that will leave us just, just really hyped up in ourselves. But th and that's what the majority of the church wants. But I want you to know. Yes, we want the shout, and yes, we want to be able to rejoice, but if we don't understand the foundation and we don't back up sometimes and to learn a truth that will give us something to shout about, then our shout is in vain. And so this morning, I want you to just bear with me for a moment, and 
I want to try to teach a little bit on this subject, and I hope that I, I can make it plain. And I'm not here this morning to condemn. I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a person. I try to be very careful about that. Condemnation hasn't helped any of us yet. Amen. I'm not here to beat you over the head with a stick, but I am here to caution us. And when I say us, I have never yet preached one of these messages that, that excluded Steve. It always includes me also. So I'm here to caution us, and I'm here to uh, give an opportunity for the Holy Spirit again to examine uh, this area of our heart, and I'll just hope to be a help to you this morning, give you something to take home that you can ponder on and that will help you in your, in your spirit. So a little teaching is necessary. This text addresses a subject that every born-again believer has dealt with. When the Apostle Paul went into the church here at Galatia, we, what we understand is what we know is that they had a desire for God, and they had a zeal for God, and they wanted to live for the Lord. But they were going about living for God by law and legalism and their own efforts and their own works. And what they were not seeing was they was not seeing the fruits of the Spirit being produced in their own life and in their own heart. And the Apostle Paul comes in here to tell them, in fact, he would even address Peter first, that there's no way that the believer is going to be changed by law. We're not going to be changed by legalism. We're not going to be changed by religion. We're not going to be changed by me giving you a list of rules and regulations. If we want our heart to be changed and to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, we're going to have to walk in the Spirit, keep our faith in Christ and what He's done on the cross of Calvary. Because if the power of the Holy Spirit was great enough in the beginning to baptize the old man into Christ and to raise you up as a new creation, I don't think we've got anything else going on in our heart that God cannot take care of. And so they were going about it the wrong way. They reverted back to law. They reverted back to religion. And Paul said, it's not going to work. He even told Peter, withstood him to the face in a public place and said, Peter, you're the one to blame. You want to preach and you want to teach grace and faith if you're with the Gentile. And then you want to preach law and legalism if you're with the Jew. You can't straddle the fence. You've got to make your mind up what you're going to preach, what you're going to live by, and what you're going to be judged by. I refuse to be judged by law because I've already broken the law. I want to throw my lot in with grace and with faith where Jesus can forgive me and help me. Oh, not even my message, but that's good preaching. I'm, I'm saved. I'm born again. Listen, I'm talking about those that are born again. I'm saved. I'm born again. I love God. And here's the honest to God truth, and I want to get really plain with this and really real with us this morning. I want you to understand, I'm not a perfect man. Not everything about me yet has been changed. Neither will everything about me be changed until the day I take on my glorified body. But here's the truth that I want you to know, and I hope that you will jump in and agree with me this morning. Even though I, it's not if I fail, even though I'm going to fail, even though I'm going Going to fall short, here's what I want you to know as in the depths of my heart. There is nothing in my heart that wants to fail God. I don't want to fail God. I don't want God to be disappointed in me. I don't want to do anything to offend God. That's not my desire. But I am a person that is in the flesh, and the flesh has been corrupted by the fall, and something that I've got to deal with is the struggle between my flesh and what my spirit wants, all right? Here's what, and I want you to understand this morning, our text this morning is addressed to the church. So if you didn't include yourself, and I say that kindly, into what I just said, that we are not perfect and we have some things to be changed, well... Paul's talking to the church, so I don't know where you stand or where you sit, but in talking to the church, he's telling them about this struggle between their flesh and their spirit. My flesh wants one thing, and my spirit wants a whole other thing. My spirit wants to follow Christ. My flesh wants to do whatever, uh, whatever the flesh wants to do. There's a struggle. 
There's a battle that is going on, and I, I want to explain a little bit of foundation. Me, as a believer, I, or let me say it, let me go back. Before I accepted Christ, I am made up as, as a human nature, flesh, and then I'm made up as a sin nature, which was given to me because Adam fell in the garden. Everybody with me? i got to teach this a little bit. So there's two. There is the flesh, the human nature, and there's the, spirit, or there's the sin nature that I inherited from Adam. The moment that I said yes to Jesus and I recognized that I was lost and undone, all of a sudden the person of the Holy Spirit came and he broke the relationship that I had with the former sin nature and imparted to me, Peter would say, a divine nature. So now I am, as a believer, I still have a sin nature, I still have a human nature, and now I have a divine nature. But the difference is this, even though I'm struggling between the flesh, the human nature, and the divine nature, what Jesus gave me, I still have a sin nature, but the sin nature does not have power and authority over me. Clear as mud. It doesn't have power over me. Before, listen, any of you remember when you didn't know Jesus? And my flesh just done whatever the sin nature pulled me toward. And I didn't have a problem with it. You know why I didn't have a problem with it? Because the sin nature, as Romans 5 would say, where sin did abound. Sin was abounding on my heart. It was ruling and reigning upon the throne of my heart. And I didn't care. My flesh was just being pulled. And your flesh is neutral. It's going to do what it's told. It's going to go wherever, uh, whatever is in charge. That's what it's going to do. And so the sin nature was ruling and reigning in my life. But when I said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit broke the power Gave me a divine nature and my desire is to please God. And listen, I have no desire to fall back into the rule and the authority of the sin nature. But my flesh is stuck in the middle. My flesh is stuck in the middle. And because I've not yet received everything that Christ has paid for me, my flesh has a tendency to want to go back to the authority of the sin nature. Oh, that's good preaching. And that's why the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, here's what's happening. Your flesh is being pulled back to the power of the sin nature because you are trying to do it with your own efforts, your own works, and through religion. But if you will keep your faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary, the same power of the Holy Spirit that broke the sin nature will also give you the power to walk and to live in the divine nature that Jesus has given unto you. I got a new master where sin did abound. Grace does much more abound in me. But I'm in the stuck in the middle. I'm struggling because my flesh is being pulled like a magnet to the sin nature. But the spirit is saying, you need to go this way. And now that the sin nature has been broken, it no longer has power over me. But watch this. I've got to choose. Will I succumb to the desires of the flesh or will I choose grace and let the Holy Spirit change that in me? Because it don't have power anymore. Paul said the key is this. You got to walk in the Spirit. If you will walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Listen. If the flesh is ruling and reigning, we could conclude it's because we're not walking in the Spirit. I must be teaching real good. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Because for years the church has flew right by it and threw it out there as a term. What does that mean? Walk literally means to order my behavior. Order my behavior where and how? He says after the Spirit. 
What's the Spirit doing? Listen, I'm trying to get you to present some questions to yourself and your own mind, your own heart. What is the job of the Holy Spirit? The job of the Holy Spirit is to lead God and to direct me into all truth. Paul says this, order your behavior after his direction. He knows where he's going. He knows where to take you and he knows how to get you there. Order your behavior. Choose to succumb to the flesh or choose grace, the working of the Holy Spirit. And order my steps and my behavior after His direction. Walk in the Spirit. Watch this. It's powerful. If I walk in the Spirit, here's a promise. You shall not. You shall not. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What's that mean? Fulfill literally means to accomplish. Whatever it is that my flesh is wanting to pull me toward. If I'm walking in the Spirit, the, the, the object of the flesh will not be accomplished. The mission of the flesh will not be accomplished as long as I continue to walk in the Spirit. All right, let me move on. Paul says in verse number 17 that the flesh and spirit are contrary. Here we are. I'm a born-again believer. I have flesh. I have the human nature. And then I have the divine nature. Here's what you need to know. The flesh wants the things in the rudiments of the world, and the Spirit wants to take you in the direction of God. They're contrary. It literally means that they're opposite. The word contrary here means that they have a different mission. And here's what you need to understand. They will never harmonize. You can't live in the flesh and live in the Spirit. Oh, I'm preaching good. You cannot live in the flesh and live in the Spirit. Jesus would say, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but since you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. And that literally means that makes God sick. Oh, that's good preaching. It makes God sick. He says, you can't live after the flesh and live after the spirit. These two do not harmonize. More, give you some examples. You ever realized how that it's, more of a struggle to read your Bible than it is to mow your yard? Because reading your Bible is a spiritual thing. And the moment that you, the Spirit says, hey, you need to pick your Bible up and read, the flesh is going, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm struggling. Flesh and Spirit. Spirit says, you need to end your day in prayer instead of ending your day on Facebook. Oh, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Flesh, it's like a two-year-old kid that we continue to argue with. You ever notice how it's easier to drive three hours to a ball game than it is 20 minutes to a revival service? I'm not condemning you. I'm just, look, I'm in this too. I'm just telling you that when it comes to something the flesh wants to do, well, all of a sudden, hey, yeah, I'll, you know, that sounds good to me, and I'll sacrifice a little bit, and we'll go ahead and do it. But revival service, oh, I, I'm not, I don't have to look for an excuse. The devil give me 500,000 of them of why I couldn't make it. I'm preaching good. I'm trying to get you to understand, and also I'm trying to get you to admit that the flesh and the spirit are warring against each other. The apostle Paul said that in Romans chapter 7. What I want to do is not what I'm doing, and what I don't want to do, that's what I'm doing because I found another law that is warring inside of my members. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. In other words, I'm a wreck. I am miserable. I am set up to be doomed. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank my God through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will deliver me. But I'm trying to get you to see something. That the flesh and the spirit are wrestling. They're warring against each other. Not to condemn because we're in this together. But the point is that often my flesh wins. And the spirit takes a back seat. To what I know that I should be doing. Amen. Me and Pastor Brian's in this together. I want to just be honest. Too many times my flesh wins. Over what the spirit wants. And then I kick myself. Because I knew better. 
But I didn't choose grace. I choose the laziness of the flesh. Oh, I've caught myself praying lately, God, I'm not a lazy man as far as work ethic. I'm not a, I'm not a lazy man as far as a work ethic. I, I'll, I'll work. I don't care to work and, and stay. I, I don't care at all. I had one time that I, a man called me. He, he said that, that I was a lazy preacher, and it, oh, it tried my sanctification. At the time, it was a perfect time. We were actually cutting cedar logs. Me and Pastor Brian, Jeff was helping us. We were cutting cedar logs. You don't cut cedar logs if you're lazy. But I said, a lazy preacher. Yeah, that's what you are. I said, would you like to go to work with me tomorrow? We'll, we'll see who quits first. Sister Becky said, what if he works hard? I said, I'll turn the lights on at night. I will pull the tractor out there and turn the lights on, and I will keep cutting. I will keep on. There won't be a tree, cedar, oak, hickory. I don't care what it is. There won't be a single one left on that man's farm when I'm done. But my flesh, in regards to spiritual things, is lazy. We would rather pick up the TV remote than we had the Bible because we can just lay back. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. I'm saying there's something wrong when our flesh is continuing to supersede because things start out small and then they start, when we start allowing, I promise I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to move on. When we start allowing the flesh to win little victories, he's stealing the desire that we have to walk in the spirit and before long he will take all of those desires and our desire is just to please the flesh and not to walk in the spirit. So we got to be cautious. I want to take you back to an Old Testament example. There are three Bible characters that you know, that you've heard of, that you've heard talked about. And the Bible is a book of revelation. So we use it as types and symbols also, not just the surface story, but what is the revelation in the stories. So I want to bring to your attention a man by the name of Abraham the man by the name of Lot, and then Lot's wife, who we don't even know what her name is. But there's Abraham, watch this, I want you to think with me for a minute, who is a type of Christ. His very name means father of multitude. Father of the multitude. Abraham, in this part, when he's with Lot, he is a type of Jesus Christ. Now watch this, Lot is a type of the believer. We're still talking about the struggle of the flesh and the spirit. Lot is a type of the believer. His very name means, and this is going to be a hard one for us to admit, his very name means concealed. Because in the life of the believer, there's some things that is concealed that I don't want to share with you. I wish I had some help this morning. I want to tell, I'll tell you that I'm not perfect. I'll tell you I got some things that needs to be changed. But catch me at the back door and say, like what? And I'll say, like, none of your business. Because that's between me and the Lord. The moment that you tell somebody about yourself that does nothing but throw dirt or cast a stone, all that it does is cause them to pass judgment on you. So we keep it between me and the Lord and me and the Lord is working it out. Okay? Everybody okay now? Everybody, everybody's still with me? So he's the type of the believer and Lot's wife here. Now, gentlemen, don't go home and remind your wife of this. But Lot's wife here is a type of the flesh. Even with them being married, you got Lot and his wife. And in the very beginning, the Lord said, these two shall become one flesh. If there was anybody that could be a type of flesh for Lot, it would have to be his wife. So you got Abraham, stay with me, type of Christ, father of multitudes. You got Lot, type of the believer, concealed. There's some things concealed. And then you got his wife, who is a type of the flesh. All right? Okay. There are the, the, the meanings here are very important. 
If we travel through the time that Abraham and Lot had together, here's what we will learn. In chapter number 12, Abraham was separated and Lot went with him. He was separated from his family. This is the time that he was called out from among his family to separate unto God. And Lot went with him, which means this, that Lot chose to be separated. If the believer is going to come to Christ, you have got to make that decision to come out from among them and be you separate. So Lot stood out with him, and he became, and he was, he was separated with Abraham. When you separate, here, here's what you need to know. When you're separating from things of the world, it's not about what you're separating from. It's what you're separating to. And it's actual proof if a believer rejects separating from the world, they've also rejected separating their self to Christ. I'm preaching good. In chapter number 13, I want you to see this, verse 10 and 11. Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, and it was well watered, very good, everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as though comest from Zoar. In verse number 11, and Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward, and they separated themselves the one from the other. My brother, he don't know it this morning. He's going to play the part of Abraham. So Lot and Abraham, they separated themselves. And when they were standing and they were looking over the plain, here's what the Lord does. He says, I want you to choose. I want you to choose. And our choice is, am I going to stay following the Christ or am I going to go by what I see in the flesh? And when Lot got up here and he had to choose, he quickly told Abraham, instead of saying, oh, no, no, Abraham, I mean, you're the one that brought me out here. He didn't have that conversation with him. Lot quickly seen something that was good and something that was better and the best of all land. And he looked at Abraham and he said, you know what? I will take the plain of Jordan. I will take the plain of Jordan because that's the best that I see. And Abraham said, okay, so be it. You can be seated for just a minute. And Lot made his way down to the land of Jordan, the lust of the eyes. The flesh is in charge. I hope you get this this morning. The flesh is driving the bus. And he made his way down to the plain of Jordan. But here's what you need to understand is that even though he made the decision, the flesh was quickly to choose, it was not the godly decision that he should have made. We get to chapter number 14. There was other people that come by and they looked out across the plain and they said, that looks good to me too. And the way that they done it back then is they said, I think my army can whip your army. I think my men are greater than your men. And because I want that land, we're about to find out. So they girded themselves up and they went down there in a fight and they began to kill everybody. There were several kings that was winning the, the, the plain of Jordan, Sodom and Gomorrah, because it was the best of the best. And Abraham, the Lord told Abraham, listen, Lot is down there in the middle of this battle. And Abraham said, give me some men and I will go and rescue my nephew Lot. And he went down in there and he brought Lot out of the danger that he was in and rescued him. Isn't that just like the Lord Jesus Christ? How many times has God rescued you out of a situation that you got yourself in? Ain't that beautiful? How many times has He come and got me? This is two things I want to bring out. I can't count the number of times that God has rescued me, but also here we see the character of God. God is not trying to annihilate you. He's not trying to destroy you. God is trying to save your soul. And if He's got to come down in the midst of a battle and bring you out of it, He'll roll His sleeves up and He'll come and get you. And then we find this. Wasn't long. After he already rescued him, that the flesh, Lot is standing here. He's as a believer, but the flesh again began to cave. He said, you know what? I still want to go down to Sodom and Gomorrah. I want to be there. 
So he made his way down to a place called Sodom and Gomorrah, a place that was overtaken by homosexuality and drunkenness and idolatry. It was a wicked place, a sinful place, but but Lot said, that's where I'm going to go in. He found this, that when he went back and he began to cave to the flesh, uh, see the first time he was just in the battle. The second time he is in the bondage of all of these different things going on. When you continue to go back to the desires of the flesh, it's not going to get better. It'll get worse and get worse and get worse. And Lot found himself there at Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord come again to Abram and said, Abram, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm about to rain fire and brimstone down on that place because it's just not any good. It's just gross with sin and this and that going on. And all of a sudden, the Lord Abraham, as a type of Christ, he goes to battle one more time and says, Yes, uh, look, if you can just find and goes all the way down to ten righteous men, if I can just find ten, will you let me go in there and bring them out? And God said, I will another time that God rescued Lot even though... He was worse. Listen, I know I've already said it, uh, but I can rejoice this morning because time and time again, God has been faithful to rescue me even when I fell back into the flesh. Oh, and Lot got down there and Abraham come in there. He said, I might not confine but ten. But he says this, Lot, get your daughters, get your wife, get your son-in-law. Two angels, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Two angels went down there and gave him the word of the Lord. You need to get yourself and you need to come out of here. The son-in-laws, there's no record that they ever made their way out. They stayed right there. No, we're not going to leave. We're going to stay here at Sodom and Gomorrah because they didn't believe judgment is coming. Do you know that there's many in the world today that don't believe that judgment is coming? Listen, you can't believe in Jesus and not believe in judgment. It's all in the same book. And he goes down there, the angels, and they begin to bring them out. Sister Becky, I asked her before. Everybody's saying I'm being brave by asking her to come. I asked her before church. Abram, I need you to stand right here. And here's what I want you to see. Just stand right there. Abram, a type of Christ, he didn't give up on him. And I can relate to that because I've been a problem child. For the Lord a few times. In Genesis 19 and 26. I want you to read this. Genesis 19 and 26. His wife looked back from behind him. And she made him. She became a pillar of salt. Here's what happened. They were making their way out. Of Sodom and Gomorrah. And as they were making their way out of it. Listen. Here's Lot the believer. There's this what the spirit wants. This is what the flesh wants. Lot had to make a decision. This was a type of his flesh. And as they were making his way back, here's what the flesh is doing. Babe, I want you just to keep looking back. We'll make another step. This is what the flesh is doing right here. Perfect. Just kept on looking back. And it literally meant that with her whole heart, she was looking back. And I want to go back one more time, and I want to bring this out. As the flesh kept looking back to what, what the flesh wanted, look back one more time. Lot had a decision right here, and it's the same decision that we're going to have. Do I succumb to the flesh, and do I turn to what my flesh is wanting, uh, or do I keep my eyes on the person of the Holy Spirit and keep following after Him? Uh, as the flesh is looking back, I've got to keep my eyes going forward, uh, or I will succumb to the fall of the flesh. The Bible says that she became a pillar of salt. And it's just so happened in history that Sodom and Gomorrah turned into nothing but a big chunk of limestone and salt. And it's right there on the bank of the Dead Sea, which is nothing but salt. No life can be in that much salt because there is no life in anything that the flesh desires. Whatever your flesh is wanting is never going to lead you to life. She succumbed to the things of the flesh. And Peter told us this about Lot. Second Peter chapter 2. You can be seated if you'd like. And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, 
Verse number 8, for the righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Uh, don't let that be confusion. That, there's what that means. Because he called him just Lot, sooner or later Lot got it right and kept his eyes upon the Lord and he was a justified man but here's what we also know the righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing he was vexed he was vexed with a righteous soul which literally meant this because he was constantly not choosing grace and faith and succumbing to the flesh he was a miserable man he was miserable so miserable. Listen, there's even pleasure in sin for a season. Nothing that compares to living for the Lord. But I want to be plain with you this morning. If you're a believer that's trying to live for God and you're constantly succumbing to the things of the flesh, then you know misery better than anybody in the world. Because believer, I want to tell you, you don't have to live like this. You don't have to live, stay right there, being pulled. You don't have to live being pulled. You can, because of what Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary, by providing grace and faith, the power that continued to pull has been broken if I put my faith in Christ and what he's done. And now I can choose the way of God over the desires of my flesh because he's given me grace to help me in my time of need. Amen. There's a struggle. There's a struggle between the flesh and the spirit. But it's a struggle that the spirit man can win. If you will keep your faith in Christ, and what he's done on the cross of Calvary. Because you will have the help of the Holy Spirit. Will you stand with me this morning? So I move to this altar call. I want to ask you a heart question that only you can answer. And I want you to think about it, and you're not going to answer it out loud, but you're going to answer it within yourself. If I was to ask you a question, and all of us are, we have to take responsibility for myself. I'm not going to answer for Eric or for Tiffany. They're not going to answer for me. I've got to take responsibility for my own self. God is an individual God, and he deals with individuals. So here's a question that I want to ask you, and I want to let you answer it in your own heart. Who's in charge, the flesh or the spirit? Who's in charge of your life, the flesh or the spirit? Because if you want to live for God, everything that you need has already been made available. His grace is still today in 2023. It's still today sufficient. And if we want to live for God, I got to say this, and I'm going to move quickly to my altar. Lot, not only he wasn't a good example, he was vexed with a horrible reputation let his children in a wrong direction expose them to things his wife a pillar of salt his grandchildren became an enemy to Israel there is nothing good that's going to come out of us allowing the flesh to take the wheel and be in charge of our life. But God knows exactly where to take you. And he knows exactly how to get you there. And if we will follow after the spirit. 
and quit falling to the desires of the flesh, we'll find ourselves right smack dab in the middle of God's will. And we will look back. We will look back. And we will find that there's never been a time that He wasn't faithful to me. And you will look back and you will learn that there could have never been a better life that you laid out for you, for your family, for your children than what God had laid out for you. Who's in charge this morning? The flesh or the spirit? Will you bow your head? Close your eyes all across the building. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm asking God for you to move upon every single heart here. God, as Paul would talk to the church, I'm talking to the church this morning. God, I would say if we walk in the Spirit that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You've provided everything that we need already. Your grace is still sufficient. And Lord, I pray for that individual that is allowing the flesh to drive the bus of their life and allowing the flesh to continue to be in charge. It don't have to be that way. You don't have to live in misery. You don't have to live uh, in a state of conviction where you just feel horrible all the time. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would move on their heart in this direction, that this morning they would make, we would make a decision to let the Spirit be in charge and to follow after the Spirit so that we would be exactly what you want us to be. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, this morning you're here with your head bowed and eye closed still. Nobody here, this church is not a judgmental church. We're not here for that. There's not a single person in here that's not in the middle of this or that we'll be in the middle of it. I don't know that we'll ever move out of it, but we don't have to let the flesh drive. But this morning, if you're here and you say the struggle's real, the struggle's been great lately. In fact, I find myself given to the flesh more than I am following after the Spirit. And this morning, I'm just here to call out to you to give you an opportunity to find ourselves a place to pray and say, God, forgive me for my being lazy and succumbing to the flesh. I'm asking one more time for my faith in Christ and what He's done on the cross of Calvary. I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to to take back in charge and to lead God and direct me, Lord. Uh, let me follow after the Spirit and not fall to the desires and the lust of the flesh. If that's you this morning, would you come? Would you come? Would you come this morning? Come on, would you come? Come on, would you come? Why don't you pour your heart out to God and say, God, forgive me. I got some things out of order. I got some priorities that is mixed up. Would you come this morning? Come on, would you come? Come on, several are coming. Why don't you be obedient to the Lord? Would you come this morning? Come on, would you find yourself a place to pray? You can pray right where you're at, but I didn't leave you out this morning. We're all in this together. Come on, would you find yourself a place to pray this morning? There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Hallelujah. Better than you, Can I get Lord, some help this morning? Would you come and pray with somebody? Can I get some believers to find somebody and pray with them this morning? Hallelujah. Nothing better than Jesus. Lord, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Come on, it's a good time to pray. I'm not afraid. Lord, don't let my flesh take charge. Hallelujah. You my weakness. Lord, let me follow after the Spirit, Lord, to be my led by failures you. And Hallelujah. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Hallelujah. God, touch your people this morning, Lord. Let the power of the Holy Spirit move. God, upon every single heart and every life this morning. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. And there's not a place, not a place, your mercy and grace won't find me again. Hallelujah. Lord, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing. Better than nothing you, better Lord, than there's you, Lord. nothing. Hallelujah. Better than you, Lord, there's nothing. Nothing, nothing is that's better. better than you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch your people. God led us this there's morning. Hallelujah. Let us this morning you, follow after the Spirit, God. And not to give to the struggle better of the flesh. Than you, Lord, nothing, nothing better than Jesus. Nothing Hallelujah. Is better than you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I search the world. Hallelujah. Oh, but it couldn't fill me. Could never fill me. Man's empty praise. Hallelujah. Treasures that fade. Thank you, Jesus. Never enough. Come on. You came along. You came along. Come on, help us. Hallelujah. Oh, and put me back together. And now every desire. Hallelujah. Is now satisfied. Here, Here in your love. Hallelujah. Lord, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice and worship this morning. Lord, there's nothing. I'm not afraid. Think about it. To show you my weakness. He's a God that already knows this morning. My failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen, seen them all. all. Hallelujah. And you still call me friend. Aren't you glad he loves but you this morning? God of the mountain. mountain. Hallelujah. He's, He's still God. still God in the valley. Hallelujah. Come on, worship with us this morning. There's not a place your Your mercy mercy and your grace won't find me again. Lord, there's nothing that's better than you. Hallelujah. Nothing better than Jesus. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. Hallelujah. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one. God refresh somebody this morning, Lord. You give beauty for us. Pour your spirit out, God. You're the only one. Come on now. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. Hallelujah. You turn seas into highways. Hallelujah. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Come on, think about it. Sing this to him. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. 
Hallelujah. Nothing is better than you. Think about this verse right here. Think about the words. I search the world. I search the world. But it couldn't fill me. Has anybody found that true this morning? In man's empty praise. Man's empty praise. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, and you came then Jesus came along. Hallelujah. You and he put, put me, me back, back together. together. Oh, and every desire is now satisfied. Can you do it again? Can we do Here it again? Can we do that? I just want to rewind it. Listen to it. Oh, I search the world. I search the world. Yes, I did. Think about it. But it couldn't fill The beggarly me. elements of this world will never fill your heart. And man's empty praise, treasures that fade, never enough. Will never be enough. Hallelujah. You came along. Oh, and put, put me, me back, back together. together. Hallelujah. Think about it this and morning. now every desire is now satisfied. Come on now. Here in your love. Come on, pull your heart out to him this morning. Lord, there's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Better than Jesus. There's nothing. Better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing. There is nothing. Better than you. Nothing better than Jesus. There's nothing. Better than you, Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Hallelujah. Lift your voices one more time this morning. Hallelujah. There's nothing better than you, Lord, there's nothing. Better than you, there's nothing. Nothing is Father, I pray this morning that every individual in here, God would leave not just with a shallow desire, but God, a heart-deep desire to follow after the Spirit, Lord, and not fall to the flesh. God, the struggle is there, and Lord, we're aware of the struggle. But God, this is one struggle. As long as we keep our faith in Christ and what He's done on the cross of Calvary, it's a struggle that we can't lose, Lord. Because your grace is still sufficient. And Lord, I pray that every believer here would leave with that heart's desire to follow after you and to follow after your way. And I ask it in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. If you were blessed by this message or you need prayer, please email us at faithworshipcenterar at gmail.com.